Hello and welcome back to Hyrule World Podcast does Two-Headed Serpent. I really hope you listened to the last episode because a whole load of very, very cool stuff happened with our incredibly split party. So kudos to Scott there. It was pretty incredible GMing. Um, we're going to just do a few introductions, a brief recap, and then we're going to jump onto it. So um, my name is Joe Trier. I'll be playing Charles Blackstone, who is just discovered something really terrible has happened and is uh, rather angry with a certain member of our party for instigating this whole situation. At least that's how he says it in his eyes. Um, welcome back to the show, Curran. How are you and uh, and who are you playing tonight? I'm good, Joe. Uh, and tonight I am playing uh, Ethan, the South African big game hunter, who is uh, starting to wonder what, what exactly he fits into all of this and uh, is maybe having a little crisis of faith. <laughs> <laughs> While we were recording last week's episode, I was like, hmm... Have Scott and Curran sat down together and planned something? We actually <laughs> have. <laughs> Nothing's been discussed. Because if Charles turns up at the church and like Ethan is stood next to Reverend Corv <laughs> with a snake in his hand, like I wouldn't be surprised. Yep. At all. <laughs> so yeah, very uh, very cool. Um, welcome back to the show, Aaron. It's great to see you again. Um, how are you? And uh, yeah, who are you playing tonight? As if I need to ask. Hello there, Joe. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm here playing uh, Spencer Randall, and uh, I think I'm currently uh, one of the only people that have actually grouped up with someone else in the party at the moment. <laughs> yes, you've been very sociable. Um, unlike me. So we'll see how far this goes. <laughs> Well, I can now finally say I know what happened to Spencer in New York. I know this is like old news to all the listeners now, but that that has just been released and I edited it. And yeah, so I, I finally know know the secrets. Excellent. Yeah, that was a lot of fun recording that. It's, it's gone down very, very well. So again, if you haven't heard it at home, please do go back and check out episode 45. Dave, welcome back to the show. How are you and uh, who are you playing tonight? Uh, I am doing Okay caffeine and alcohol and painkillers are wonderful cures for migraines and they are a core part of what makes bart who he is so yeah let's get this uh this uh train towards uh, destruction devastation and madness going the way last week's episode went i can't see it going any other direction i, I think that's fair <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, uh, Camille, welcome back to the show. Great to have you on. Uh, how are you and who are you playing Hello, tonight? Hello, I'm well, thanks. Lovely to be back. And tonight I would be playing Jane Farewell, um, who is a rather new member of Caduceus and uh, interested to find out more about what's happening in Bingham. At the moment, she's currently talking to a, a disaffected youth, which, you know, <laughs> she's herself not long been a, out of disaffected hood I suppose so perhaps um, she'll be a good confidant <laughs> at last but by no means least welcome back to the show Scott how are you doing yes I'm doing very well thank you uh, and yes I am intrigued to see where all this goes because this is yeah this is not going even remotely how I expected which is what, <laughs> as a GM what I live for uh, we've been seeing this for a couple of years now so you've got to expect the unexpected oh absolutely so um, for anyone at home that um, needs reminding and for obviously those of us that weren't paying any attention which I'm sure was none of us um, Scott could you do us a, a very brief recap so now that all of you have uh, arrived in Bingham and started exploring the place you've um, 
you're still in split groups, though uh, at least you know, one of the groups seems to have um, kind of <laughs> paired off differently. So when we left it, Bart had arrived at the church and had a conversation, uh, uh, an interesting sort of philosophical and theological conversation with the Reverend Colmfield, in which he learnt a little bit about the beliefs of the First Church in Bingham and of Reverend Cornfield himself. Uh, Less than Ethan did in one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then Jane and Spencer turned up at the church, or were going to go and see the church, saw Bart come out, had a little conversation to compare notes. And at that point, Jane noticed uh, a couple of young people hanging around the back of the church and a young woman in particular who seemed fascinated by Jane. So she's gone off to talk to them, or at least to talk to the young woman. The man's uh, gone away. I often have that effect and... on women. <laughs> And uh, so Spencer and uh, Bart have gone off to the diner, to the Deerhead Diner, uh, to explore the local cuisine. And while all this is going on, Charles has started work at the sawmill uh, and has had um, an unfortunate discovery about the way his hand is healing up. And Ethan has found a kindred spirit, I think. He was tearing his face apart, as he is wont to do, apparently. Uh, was found by the local sheriff, who took him along to the Reverend Cornfield for healing. And the Reverend Cornfield has invited Ethan into his home, and it turns out that they are brothers in Yeek. And the Reverend Cornfield, I think, sees a bright future for Ethan in the loving coils of the Father of Servants. Excellent. (laughs) Okay, so shall we pick it up then with Jane? Ah, yes. So Jane had gone across to talk to this this young woman. Uh, Yes, I say, she's got something of a tomboyish air to her. She's probably in her late teens. She's got uh, short, dark hair. Um, She's wearing a fairly plain dress. You know, the young man who was with her, like I say, seems to have scurried off in a way that suggests that he was a bit uncomfortable with all the attention. But, yeah, she's looking at you as you come over with, uh, yeah, a sort of degree of astonishment to see someone like you in Bingham. Mm. Um, I just say, uh, good afternoon. Sorry to scare your friend away like that. And she just looks at you and smiles, and uh, as if you know, sort of the concept of language is perhaps there in the back of her mind somewhere, <laughs> but she can't quite connect with it. <laughs> Bearing in mind, I've only got an appearance of fifty-five, so I'm not like a knockout, but you know. Oh, but 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 it's it's more what you represent, I think, yeah, rather than I that. Think so. <laughs> it's above average as well. If you think fifty is the average. Well, actually, the like the really the top that most people would get is seventy or eighty, so that would yeah. make sort of more like forty the average. Uh, I'm above average. No, fifty-five is exactly average if you look at a three D six curve. Ah, okay. okay. So I'm a I'm a plain Jane, would you say? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I'm very not plain Jane, to be fair. So I say, uh, uh, my name is Jane, and you are. Uh, Susie. 
Susie, a pleasure to meet you. Uh, are you do you live in Bingham? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm wondering if I could like put her at ease by charming her, or is that just going to make Absolutely. it worse? <laughs> well, it, it depends what the dice have to say, really. True. Jane is very charming. <laughs> yeah, if you want to switch on the charm and try to put her at ease, because, yeah, okay. she is obviously very flustered at the moment. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I have... I'm a smooth talker. It's one of my pulp talents. I can add one die to charm rolls. Oh, yeah. Um, so you get a bonus die, yep. How, how do I add that bonus die? So just roll an ordinary D100 first of all, and then roll a D10 after that, and take that as a, a second option for your tens die. And choose the better roll. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it's 34 or 34. Yeah. So it's 34. And you said <laughs> your charm your charm was? Uh, my uh, charm is 50%. Or fifty, so it's it's yeah. an ordinary success, but that's still enough. I, she, I, she's still very flushed in the cheeks, uh, you know, and you know, her eyes are darting around a little bit now. But uh, yeah, she she seems to be calming down a little bit, and and then all of a sudden it all starts kind of bursting out of her. And so so, uh, are are you are you new to Bingham? Have you just come here? Have you moved here? Are you are you just passing through? What 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 are you doing here? And and then she stops for a moment, as if something occurs to her, and says, uh, "Oh, you're not a pilgrim, are you?" No. <laughs> Oh, I'm just passing through. And, and and with that, you can see the relief. Yeah, she just as soon as you say no, just her body language changes and the tension goes out. Oh, good, good, good. Although in my coming here, people are assuming that I am. It's very strange. So I'm kind of well, almost playing a bit, not quite sure what's going on, sort of thing. If that makes sense. Well, well that, that's why people come to Bingham now. Uh, yeah, anyone who comes to town now, it's because it's because of the church. She says and points at the church that you're standing right beside. They they come from they come from all over the country now. They come because they've heard Reverend Cornfield on the radio, and they they come they come to the church now. And but between you and me, it's it's not right, is it? It's not right. It's uh, what what he's doing there. It's it's evil. It does seem very strange. The people who are who are coming here for pilgrimage seem almost compelled somehow. Very bizarre. Have you have you seen anything that's made you think that something quite sinister is happening? Or it's the Reverend Cornfield. I since since things changed last month, or why well, is it just a month? No, two months ago. Since since things changed, the things he's done around town. My mother. My mother, he he cured her. He says he says he cured her. She says he cured her, but I, she wasn't like that before. Her skin, it all comes off now. Oh, gosh. Um. So when <laughs> when did Reverend Cornfield arrive here? Was that two months ago, or was he here for longer than that? No, he's he's lived here. All his life, he was born here. Interesting. And your your mother was cured by him, and now her skin is is falling away. 
it's oh it's 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 horrible it's it's grotesque his he, he touched her and he, her skin was always bad it, it flaked and, and it itched and it, it was red and, and it would bleed but but now every every few weeks just all her skin comes off and and it's all clean and and shiny underneath and then and then it 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 all flakes off again a few weeks later shedding it like a like a spider or a snake or something like a snake yes like a snake just like a snake Gosh. oh he, he 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 likes his snakes he likes his snakes interesting could i uh, could i possibly talk to your mother or you, you could I, uh my father doesn't like her going out of the house now you know when when she's shedding like she is now he keeps her locked up inside the house Gosh. and your father doesn't believe in the reverend oh no no he he hates what what the reverend's doing i see yeah he he oh can, can i trust you of course well you did make that charm roll so she'll go with it uh my my father he 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 leads services now for the the good christians of the town the people who you know, aren't falling under the spell of what uh, the Reverend Cornfield is doing now, you know, in our house. Sometimes he, you know, a, a few nights a week he holds services there as a lay preacher, just so that th there is still some God in this town, in this this, yes. this debased town. I would love to meet your father and, and talk to him about this, because I am highly concerned about the situation here. Yes, but someone's Someone's got to stop him. Someone's got to stop the Reverend. He's, he keeps, he keeps changing people, saying he's healing them. He, and, it's just wrong. I just kind of turn to her and I just say, "That's what I'm here for," and I wink. <laughs> oh, good. We, we thought, we thought we were going to have to do it ourselves. Me, me and Gregory, we, we thought we were going to have to stop him. And I'm sort of half saying it because she seems so young and so vulnerable. I'm like, just, you know, leave it to us. Uh, yes, yes. I, well, I, I don't know what Gregory's going to do now. Gregory, that was your companion. Yes. Yes, the, the Reverend cured his wife and, oh, he's... <sighs> He's not been right since then. His wife, oh, it, it's horrible, and I think, I think the poor, the poor boy, he's sweet on me now, and I, well, I don't know what to make of that. I didn't at your age either. <laughs> and, she, and she blushes to her roots. <laughs> I know. I say, well, um. My, myself and my uh, companions are very interested in this situation and uh, any information you and your father may be able to give us would be heartily appreciated. 
Well, you could come to the service at our house tonight. She tells you how to find the house. It's, yeah. It's, it's on the other side of town. You, you could come to the service tonight and meet my father and meet the other people who... Well, who don't like what's happening. Yes, that would be fantastic. Thank you. But be careful. Be careful. The, the Reverend... The Reverend is all right. I, I, he's he's evil. He's doing horrible things. But I, he, I, I haven't seen him threaten anyone. But the, the sheriff, Sheriff Benson, oh, he he acts as as the Reverend's right hand, and yeah, I, the Reverend, he he won't hurt you, but the sheriff will. If if he thinks you're a danger to the Reverend, he'll, he'll do bad things to you. Okay. Has he done that to anyone else who's been against the Reverend? Yes. Uh, who? Just, just, oh, <laughs> and and with that, oh, she just bursts into tears and runs off. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, got some solid information there. Good. I guess I head back to the to the diner to to regroup. Right. In which case, let's cut back to the Deerhead Diner where Bart and Spencer had just gone in. So this is Oh yeah, it's a a fairly simple establishment. It it looks like it may once have been a saloon before the days of prohibition, um, and yeah, it's it's decorated in a fairly eccentric way. There's a lot of hunting trophies. There's a big stuffed bear standing up on its hind legs over in one corner. Uh, there's a number of appropriately deer heads and antlers up on the walls. Um, there are a few people in uh sitting around uh uh eating or or having coffee uh it is i mean it's the tail end of lunchtime and uh you know there's there's a man behind the counter um who you know seems to be running backwards and forwards and sort of cooking a few things uh who who greets you as you come in he's a you know fairly large man dressed in overalls short cropped hair gives you a wave I'll, I'll be with you in a moment you can see that the majority of the people who are here i mean there are a couple of people who are just sort of sitting at at uh, booths eating quietly but the majority of them are clustered around you know a few tables in the back corner and you know they've got coffee and you know a few snacks perhaps but mostly they just seem to be speaking to each other and you know, like um yeah like some kind of meeting almost is going on like social space people meeting up and chatting or a meeting well certainly you know when you two came in they did go quiet and they don't seem to be in a big hurry to start up the conversation. Okay. I uh, I walk over and purposely pick a table that isn't 
too far away from where these people are sitting. They they do kind of make themselves look to be fairly obvious. And uh, yeah, I order a, a, a coffee and a hot dog. Yeah, I mean, the guy comes over, takes your order, and you know when he he takes it, he kind of looks at the two of you over and says, uh, "You fellas new in town then? You just passing through, or are you you come here to stay?" Uh, y- yes, we are, uh, well, we are new, but uh, whether we stay or not is something... What my friend here is trying to say is that we've heard from the, uh, from the, the, the great, uh, the great teachings of the local preacher around these parts, and we're very interested to hear more about um, what he has to say, and yeah, we actually just got into town today. Oh, give, give uh, me, give yes, me, give uh, me, give me either I, a psychology or a spot hidden roll. Uh, I can do either actually, because I'm quite good at either. Let, uh, let me do a psychology. Um, okay. Yes. Should I give you one as well? By all means. I roll a thirty-four out of seventy, and I roll a thirty-seven out of. I haven't reopened the file since my computer crashed. <laughs> But, I mean, if Bart was rolling spot hidden, that's a pretty impressive pass for him. That's got to be a hard success. And that's, what, a hard success for um, Spencer on a psychology roll. So, I mean, the two of you notice different things. I mean, uh, Bart notices that when you talk about having come to town to see the um, the Reverend Cornfield or learn of his teachings, that certainly pretty much every pair of eyes in the place you know, turn to look at you, including some of the people who were having that meeting over in the corner, you know, turning around in their chairs to look at you. And Spencer, yeah, certainly picks up on, yeah, the body language and the expressions of the people. And, yeah, as soon as he mentioned your interest in his teachings, yeah, they the emotional temperature in the room just dropped by about 20 degrees. People are looking at you with barely disguised hostility. And, and the, the, you know, the guy uh, who took your order says, uh, well, yeah, anyway, fellas, uh, I'll go and get this cooking right away. Uh, yeah, be with you in a moment. Bart and sort of raises his fingers, I, ha- I haven't ordered yet. And he walks off. <laughs> <laughs> Very much um, in a such a voto to, to Spencer. I say, I, I think you played that wrong, <laughs> old chap. I was supposed to try and fit in here, Bart. Just play along. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, going by, by the... Uh, uh, Anthony Blanche this time. Oh, Anthony this time, is it? Okay. See if I can I have remember that. Memories of our meeting? I don't see why I shouldn't honour them. Sure. Well, you'll probably have my coffee anyway. It's going to probably taste like boiled dirt. Well, it will now. <laughs> While you're having this conversation, there's someone else who has come in. Uh, he's uh, a man probably in his 60s. He's dressed in um, sort of fairly nice-looking work clothes, or at least what would f- 
you know, probably originally fairly nice looking work clothes that look a bit grubby and certainly sweat soiled. And, you know, as he walks past, you can smell the, you know, the smell of a fairly rank stale sweat on him, uh, as well as a bit of a smell of, of, uh, kind of whiskey sweats as well. Um, and he walks over to the table where, you know, the meeting or whatever it was, was going on and it, it leans over and, you know, is it, leans on the table and starts talking to some of the people there you know barely in more than a whisper and after by the time they've exchanged a few sentences he's he's looking back at you with you know red roomy eyes and again that that look of fairly undisguised aggression and yeah the guy comes from behind the counter uh brings over a plate of fried something and a mug of coffee or a you know and, and bangs them down on the table in front of spencer spilling half the coffee and then walks back into the kitchen well i feel welcome <laughs> don't you uh no difference to the service i normally get around uh around new places so yeah, the the guy in the work clothes, you know, who who just walked in, half staggers his way over to you, and says, uh, "Boys, tell me that you're you've come to town to see the Reverend Cornfield. Is that right?" Well, my interest is purely academic. Um, something of a an archaeologist, an anthropologist. You see, uh, not really, Spencer. Maybe. Who's asking? <laughs> As I chew down my, uh, my hot dog. Yeah, it's not a hot dog. <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's mystery meat in, in some case. I thought that was hot bread dog. He could yeah. <laughs> I'm still hearing hot dog. That's, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, they, this does this doesn't even make the pretense of being yeah <laughs> of of looking nice. Uh, but yeah, he he looks at you and, and says, uh, "What do you mean?" Well, I I study uh, religions and cultures, and I thought I'd make a. I thought the the the, the local uh, the Reverend Cornfield would make a good chapter in the book I'm writing. No, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your pal here. He 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 makes it. He he sounded like he was asking who the hell I was. Like I don't know. Like he's got some trouble with me. And you know, maybe this isn't my goddamn town. I'm just asking, sir, if you come over to my table in the hostile, the uh, in the hostile manner that you have been, I'd just like to know who I'm talking to. That's all. I think, yeah, this situation could escalate quite badly. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of different ways you could play this. I mean, it sounds like you might be trying to get him to back down, in which case, I mean, it could be an intimidate role. Or it could be a charm roll if you're just trying to calm him. Mm. I don't know. I'm pissed off at this point. Yeah, I'm... yeah, but it's Spencer, it's Spencer who's talking to him, so it's it's going to be. Yeah, I'll you know, I'll try yeah. an intimidation roll. Okay. Uh, well, give me that roll. Let's have at it. Twenty-two. That's out of 45, so that's a hard success. 
Okay, yeah, his Intimidate isn't that great, so you don't need better than a hard success. So, yeah, he... He puffs up a little bit at first, as if yeah, this is really winding him up more, and then it sort of deflates a bit, and he raises his hand and says, Look here, pal, I, yeah, I'm not looking for a fight. I just... I just want to know what the hell you're doing here. We get all sorts of strange people come to town, come here drawn by that church and that reverend and all the strange things that he's putting out on the radio now, and they come here and... Is that you? Is that you and your buddy here? Is is that the kind of people you are? I take a quick look at uh, Bart's face and I look back at him and, and say, Well... Sir, my my interest here is is purely curiosity at best. I I want to come to see what all the fuss is about, and if I think then it's a worthwhile cause, then maybe. But if not, then maybe I'll just leave. I'm my 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 trip here is just purely for curiosity's sakes at this moment. And my friend here, he's a he's a bit of an academic, as you will. So. Uh, well, let's let's put it this way: if your visit here is, if if you're friendly with the Reverend and his teachings, it's a good idea for you to leave anyway, because this town is no place for people like you. And if you're here just really to kind of just to gawp and uh, I don't know just because this seems uh, funny somehow then maybe you better leave as well you know this is these are these are people's lives here fellow the the you know the, this town has got a rot at the center of it and that rot is Reverend Cornfield and we don't take kindly to people coming from outside and making that worse uh, tell me son what's your name the name's Fowler. I, I run the sawmill. Hey, Fowler. Um, so, what what is it that this guy's been doing in this town? Like, why are you? Why do you dislike him so much? Because since oh, since everything changed, since he had his great religious visions, since he went out into the desert and. Everything changed. He's come back here and he's just... He's teaching... I don't know what he's teaching anymore, but it's not Christian. And... The people that he says he's helping, he... I don't know, he heals them, he lays hands on them, and then... Oh, they... I don't know, they're just wrong after that. And the people... The people who stay in his church now, they're just... I don't know, they're, they're just all weird now, weird in the head. They believe all sorts of strange things. They go out with him into the desert to do God only knows what. They, God damn it! they handle snakes now. They handle poisonous snakes. Well, admittedly, that does seem odd, but... What, do you have any sort of evidence? Like, or is it just... Hearsay and yeah, I've got the evidence of my own eyes. Yeah, yeah fellas, you'll back me up. And you know, he, he uh, gestures the table behind, and the you know, the half dozen men there all sort of murmur assent. Uh, 
Yeah, we, we've all seen it. We've all seen this craziness that he's preaching now. Sooner or later, someone's got to take care of all this. Someone's got to take care of him. Yeah, he used to be a good man. He used to be a good Christian man. But there's no place in Bingham now for the Reverend Cornfield. He's got to go. He's got to go. Ah, crazy preacher in a town full of uh, full of angry villagers. Questions? I look over to Bart <laughs> and uh, start taking a sip of uh, drink from my coffee. <laughs> um, how exactly uh, are are these people different? Oh, well, like Peggy Schoenbaum is since he you know laid his hands on her oh her skin it just falls off the whole time it's oh, it's disgusting and then and yeah the, oh george henson over in the sawmill oh, he works for me i mean he's a good man but uh he he had an accident at the mill his legs got crushed the reverend yeah he saved him he can walk now but and yeah, his wife Patty, she told me that he just, every night he just crawls down there under the house, under the crawl space, there in the dirt, down with all the spiders and the worms, down there in that tight, dark space down there. And that's where he sleeps now. He says he can't sleep in a bed. He has to sleep down there where it's tight and safe. And God, poor Peggy Shaw, what he did to Peggy Shaw, I can't even speak at that one. Oh, dear God. That's just what the the poor girl and her husband. That, oh, Gregory Gregory Shaw. I mean, the things that that man has has seen. I just can't even speak of it. Seen? Having um, hallucinations, visions. No, no, no. The, the the things that he's, that the Reverend did to his wife, is what she's become, it's just. Ah. It's just, it's ungodly. I tell you, it's just ungodly. Meanwhile, we cut to Ethan, who's sleeping in the Reverend's bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Well, as far as that not being Krishna, I'm afraid I must counter. Um. <laughs> and these shines shall accompany those who believe. In my name they shall drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues, and they shall speak up, pick up snakes with their hands. I, I understand your objections to the behaviors, but uh, I'm afraid your belief that this, this has nothing at all to do with the religion you profess is somewhat erroneous. Yeah, I've heard the Reverend speaking that same verse. Are you sure you aren't one of his flock? Oh, God, no. I yeah. find the whole book rather ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, with that, yeah, Fowler's ire is back up. His eyes are looking red again, and he is not looking happy at Bart. Bart just sort of leans back, insolently looking down his nose at him. Yeah, well, I think we've spoken enough here, buddy. I'd better get back to work. But, uh, yeah, the boys there, they'll be keeping an eye on you. Just remember that. Ooh, I, I think I shall enjoy that. I'm sure they will, sir, and good day to you. <laughs> Have a lovely day. You dropped and the he... passive-aggressive buddy. 
Quietly to Spencer. What a yokel prick. <laughs> and he wanders off muttering something about, uh, yeah, goddamn smart ass. <laughs> You're so good at making friends, Bart. Uh, actually, Spencer, I, I would kindly ask that you remember that it was you that pissed him off first. <laughs> well, the guy got up in my face. What was I supposed to do? And and with that, yeah, the uh, the the proprietor of the establishment comes back uh, with with a check, which you're sure is at least five times what it should be, and just stands there with his arms crossed. I take out an inordinately large. Um, <laughs> what is this? Nineteen nineteen thirty three. Probably still a twenty. I probably I just take out a twenty, make it very clear that there are lots of my, them in my wallet. Leave it on the table. Keep the change, my good sir, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, and let's cut over to Ethan. So Ethan was there in the Reverend Cornfield's house. The Reverend Cornfield had brought him in to try to um, tend to his wounds, and he's cleaned up the wound in his head, and he's invited you to, to go and sleep in his bed. Well, he'll make arrangements to sleep out here tonight. And... I mean, the Reverend sort of helps you settle in. You know, he changes the linen on the bed and you know, tells you to make yourself comfortable. Mm -hmm. So is he still there? He's going to a sermon in the evening, right? Yes. Well, I mean, if you say that to him, he says, well, I, I do still need to finish preparing the sermon for tonight, but I can't leave you in this condition. Are you ready for me to heal this grievous injury in your head? Actually, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm quite curious as to know how exactly uh, you're going to do that. Um, the, the way is simple. I myself, I, I have no gifts. I have no magic. I have no power of my own. The only power I have is the power that is gifted to me by the Father of Serpents. And his power shall flow through me, and his healing shall flow through me, and you will be made whole again. That sounds comforting. Thank you, Reverend. The sooner we can begin, the better. <laughs> then lie down and make yourself comfortable. <sighs> I start lying down. I... And the Reverend stands above you and he starts praying. He, he looks up, his hands raised, and he starts praying and, and, and chanting in a language you recognize almost immediately as Nikal. And I. Can I roll for Nikal? Yeah, see if I can sure. set that up. Okay. So. Ah. Uh, 36 against 18. I, don't, I can't quite make out what okay. exactly he's saying. So you don't make out exactly uh, the meaning, but you do pick up words here and there, and you know you do pick up things like yig and um, and power and stuff like that. Hmm. Do I feel anything? Well, not yet. But uh, yeah, after he does this for a few minutes, he leans forward and he places his hands on your forehead, and his hands feel. Yeah, they feel far too warm. 
they feel you know almost hot against your head and yeah you, know, you can feel just this energy this power throbbing from them just you know moving into your head and almost immediately yeah the, the, the pain from the torn skin from where you try to rip your own face open it, it all starts feeling a bit better uh, and you know just the, the sense of calm and well-being passes through you and at the same time you're starting to get flashbacks to the initiation ceremony there out in the temple in Connecticut mm. you know that, that feeling of being reborn you know being reborn within snakeskin being reborn as a child of Yig and th there are echoes of that all happening again you can feel that connection that same connection to the father of serpents that you did then you can feel his coils wrapping around you you can feel his scaly touch embracing you and his power running through you wow this is yes all right <laughs> yeah. that's not creepy at all <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is quite comforting. I've, I've had this sensation before um, during the initiation. I'm really fascinated as to know like how this all came about. Um, how exactly you you came to become a vessel. Well, at, at present, I mean, you know, the Reverend is he's almost in like trance-like state. He's not speaking Can't to hear you. Anything. He's, yeah, he's still muttering away in the cowl. But, I mean, after a few minutes of this, he sort of almost half collapses on the edge of the bed, panting for breath. Uh, he, he looks pale and drained. Good, good, I think, I think that's worked. Uh, and he looks over at you. And his eyes widen a bit. Uh, this, yes, I... He has certainly, he has certainly, I think, I think he's healed you, I think. Uh, and he, he shakes his head for a moment and then just gets up and without saying anything else walks out of the room. Okay, can I see a mirror? Can I feel what my face feels like? Uh, yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, you, your face... Your face still feels much as it did before, and as your, your your fingers probe, you can feel that that wound is still in place. The, the the skin around the edge of it, though, feels more dead, and your skin your skin feels loose. Um, and yeah, there is a mirror in the room. You can go over, and you can see that yeah, you're. Your skin looks pale, and that that wound in your forehead looks quite bloodless, and it seems to have split just a bit more, and you can see more scales underneath. More scales? So if I'm toying with it and I feel that it's not... Uh, yeah, I mean, almost as soon as you start touching it, it starts shifting around and splitting. So I feel an urge to try and see if I can shed more of the skin but not not overly very cautiously since I've hurt myself previously by attempting um, to, to, to shed my human flesh and this time 
Yeah, as your fingers go up and start probing and shifting, the skin splits naturally, and you can feel this dead human skin, this this shell that you no longer need anymore, just falling away with ease, revealing the glory that lies beneath. And let's cut over to Charles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Charles is just staring down in horror at the like the small amount of scales in his hands or the scales that are appearing between the cracked skin on his palm. Mm. And as the the other guy sort of comes to look over, he'll sort of clutch his hand closed again and wrap it back up or begin to wrap it back up and go, well, it looks like uh, my hand's worse than I thought. I, um, well, you, if you're hurt... We should go and see the Reverend Cornfield. He, you know, if your hand is damaged like that, he can help you with that. He can, he can heal you, like he did with me. And again, he does another sinuous little jig. He, he, sorry, you're gonna have to explain this to me. I don't understand. Wait, what do you mean he healed you? When did he heal you? Like I said, after the accident, after that machine broke apart and fell on me, and and shattered my legs and spine he, he, no but when when like, oh you, like uh, what a year ago two years no, ago two weeks ago two weeks ago mm. two two weeks ago my my legs were just ruins and the reverend cornfield he touched me and and immediately i just that afternoon i was back on my feet i could walk again so, yes, yeah, something like your hand. Oh, he, he can heal that. He can heal that. Well, that sounds mighty fine. Uh, hey, maybe I'll... I'll, uh, I'll, fi I'll fix up your machine for you. I'll give it a go. Um, I'll go uh, check in, maybe have a lie down, and if I'm still needing, you know, healing and stuff, maybe I'll come meet your reverend. When, when, when would be a good time to meet him? Does he have, like, Sunday service or... Uh, and Charles is sort of backing away from this sort of enthusiastic zealot. <laughs> yeah, he says there'll be a service tonight, you, you know, an evening service. You, you have to come along. Yeah, may, maybe I'll do that. Hey, he said he, like, healed your legs. Well, yeah, right. Uh, Charles is looking really kind of pale and worried and um, unsure. Hey, well, you, you got me those tools? I'll, I'll fix your, your, your doodaddy for you, and then uh, we'll see from there. Yeah, well, he, he brings you a toolbox and leaves you to it. Oh, is it pretty broken? Yeah, but uh, give, give me a mechanical repair just to see how quickly you do it. If you if it's an ordinary success, you'll make progress today. If it's a hard success, you'll get it mostly working, and if it's extreme, you get everything working today. Um, 64 versus 79, so, like, yeah. it's fine, but maybe I'm struggling with my hands. Yeah, so. that, that's obviously it. I mean, yeah, if your hand were healed, you'd... Because there is some heavy lifting involved in this, you know, because this is a, a big bit of machinery and it did shake itself apart, so... Yeah, uh, working on this on your own with an injured hand, yeah, it's slow going. And I've wrapped it back up again as well, which has probably sort of reduced the, the fine motor yep. skills and things. Um, Charles is going to look it out there as quick as possible, and he's going to go and draw the mark on the grocery store okay. um, in chalk. And he'll do it sort of, if I can do it, I like to do it subtly. So wait till there's a moment on the, uh, this where the street's maybe a bit clearer, 
and not sort of you know kneel down the floor, but maybe do it while facing the other way. Well, and I'll tell you what, head round the back of the grocery store. Uh, well, let's let's just put a pin in that for the moment before you draw that, because depending on what happens in the next scene, you know, things may escalate. So uh, let's okay. cut back to Jane. Um, Hello. So. Yeah, oh, the the young woman you know who you were talking to, did did you actually get a name? I uh... I did. It was something beginning with R. So my notes somewhere. Uh, oh no, sorry, Susie. I was thinking Rosie. It's Susie. Susie. So she did tell you. Right. Okay. I couldn't remember whether she told you. So yes, as I put, Susie... in, my, as I put in my notes, Susie, comma charmed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> So Susie had run off crying um, and left you standing there outside the church. Uh, what are you doing from this point? Uh, well, I think the agreement was that I would go back to meet Spencer and Bart at the diner and see what was happening there. So I think I'm going to wait my way back. Uh, at what okay. moment would I come well, across you, them in the diner? Yeah, you... you you come to the um the diner door just as you know this uh sort of large malodorous uh obviously drunken man uh barges his way out of the diner and onto the street outside almost knocking you over in the process completely oblivious and just storms off down the street mm. um and yeah, you can see you know this conversation you know through the door going on with uh, Bart and Spencer and man in you know overalls and an apron who's standing in front of them. But then from behind you or, or off to the side, yeah, you hear the sound of of smashing glass. Ooh. I'm intrigued. Off to the side, um, I, I mean, I instinctively turn to look. Do I see anything? Uh, give me a spot hidden roll. Okay. I rolled a 34 out of 80. Okay, so yeah, that's a hard success. So, yeah, looking, you, you realise that the sound you heard came from the direction of the church. And looking over there, you see... There's nothing obviously wrong with the part of the church you're looking at, but coming from round the back of the church from where you are, you can see some plumes of black smoke rising. Oh. Um, thinking that I might need a bit of backup in the situation, potentially, I kind of uh, shift, because I'm still by the diner, right? Yes, yes, you are. You, 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 you'd literally kind of half opened the door. Yeah, and yeah, just when you were distracted by that sound. Okay, so let's say I've half opened the door. There's a little bell on the diner's gone off, kind of thing on the door. Yep. Um, and so, do you, Bart and Spencer, notice that I'm coming in? I think so. Yes. Okay, so if they have noticed me, I'm just going to kind of like point over my shoulder and then walk back out. <laughs> my coffee can wait for another time uh, um, the, you, you hear another sound of smashing glass also from the far side of the church I just look back and... at them and I gesture over my shoulder even more urgently <laughs> this way <laughs> Guess, sort of we're leaving the bar the, the diner anyway so sort of pick up the pace a little yeah. bit yeah walking out 
I'm, I'm adjusting <laughs> my jacket again and it's like, what have you seen? What have you heard? Ah, it's lovely to see you folks again, but uh, there seems to be a bit of a smashing smoke situation going on. And at, at this point, you hear a vo- your voice off in the, de- uh, the distance shouting, FIRE! Ah, that'll be it. <laughs> is is that actually a good point to break? I, I, I've kind of lost track of time on this episode. Yeah, so yeah, so we're yeah we're about an hour, so that's perfect. Okay, actually. fantastic. Well, let's leave it there. Uh, again, what a fantastic episode! Thank you all for playing, and thank you all at home for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with the next episode. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, my name is Joe Tree. You can find me on Twitter at HWR Podcast. You can find me on the podcast Facebook page through our Discord. You can contact uh, us through Reddit and through uh, email at podcast at gmail um, Aaron, again, thank you for playing. How can people get in touch with you? Anything you want to share or mention? Thanks, Joe. It's been uh, amazing to be back on the show again tonight. You can go ahead and find me on Twitter. That's HWR Aaron. And you can also go ahead and find me on the uh, How We Roll Discord. If you just at Aaron on there, um, I'm sure to respond to anything you ask me. Amazing. Uh, Dave, again, thank you for playing. How can people get in touch with you? Anything you want to share, plug or mention? Uh, you can also find me on our Discord, Scraper for People. Um, if you want to get in hold of me specifically, yep, same as Aaron, just at uh, me a question. I think we have a actual area for questions, but anything you think I might enjoy or want to see, just at me and I'll, I'll see it. <laughs> Amazing. It, it's that <laughs> simple. <laughs> Uh, Curran, thank you for playing. How can people get in touch with you? And I think you want to share a plug or mention. Yeah, um, if anyone wants to get in contact with me, they can find me on Twitter or Instagram um, at Curran's underscore lines. That's K U R A N S underscore L I N E S. Um, or you could uh, find me on the How We Roll Discord. If there's anything I'm sharing or linking, it'll be through those means anyway. So, yeah. Amazing. Uh, Camille, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? Anything you want to share, you want to plug or yeah, mention? Thank you very much. Um, you can follow me if you would like on Twitter. I update infrequently, but, you know, drop me a line there. It'll be fine. Um, it's at Camille Bruard. Um, it'll be in the show description, I think, uh, because it's weird to spell. Um, and I also have a poetry Instagram, if that's your kind of thing. Uh, it's at Cami underscore poetry amazing thank you and last but by no means least thank you scott for joining us again and for taking us through this incredible adventure um how can people get in touch with you and i think you want to plug or mention uh, yes thank you very much if people want to get in touch with me you can try me on the how we roll discord i i do lurk around there sometimes too um you can find me on twitter at s dorwood um which is not spelt like it sounds so again look at the show notes um and then otherwise look for me at blasphemoustomes.com which is the home of the good friends of jackson lies podcast uh if you want to hear more about call of cthulhu horror films weird fiction and other scary stuff amazing well again thank you everyone so much for listening and thank you all for playing again um listeners at home if you do want to hear more of our stuff you can find more call of cthulhu and as well as well as our dnd curse of Strahd campaign and, and a few other bits um on itunes spotify and pretty much wherever you can find podcasts um we'll be back very very soon with the next two-headed serpent episode and hopefully back even sooner with either the next mask and another tap or the next dungeon dragons episode we'll see how the edit comes out um 
We do want to say a few thank yous before we go. I want to say a huge thank you to all our patrons. We literally couldn't do the show without you. Um, and so thank you for all you do. Um, if you do fancy becoming a Patreon, you get early access to all our episodes. And you also get access to some secret Patreon-only content. Currently, we have um, a complete uh, scenario, The Space Between, which was jammed by Scott Dorwood, which is uh, going down as one of our best one-shot Call of Cthulhu scenarios of all time. So definitely worth checking that out. Um, we also have a complete cult uh, divinity lost the scenario which was gm'd by craig from red moon roleplay and again that's got really really good reviews check it out um we're currently releasing amid the ancient truths with matt sanderson and we're looking at um releasing very soon another cult divinity lost playthrough so all that for five dollars so please do check that out and um, we want to welcome all our new patreons to the show so thank you so much shibuya knights uh shibuya knights mo um lucius the dunwich horror the Bjorn Identity, which is an amazing name, uh, Chris Lavelle, John Hardy, and Dylan Rowe. Thank you all so much for joining our Patreon. Um, we also want to say a big thank you to BattleBards, who have provided many of the sound effects and music you hear on the show. Um, you definitely should check them out at BattleBards.com. And we also want to say a big thank you to our partners at Idle our partners at Idle the Champions of the Forgotten Realms, which is an idle clicker game available on multiple platforms, which is a lot of fun. And they've given a uh, gold chest code just for how we roll listeners. All you need to do is enter the game and enter this code. A-B-L-E-L-A-M-P-G-A-P-S. That's Able Lamp Gaps. That is all from us this week. We'll be back next week with lots more content. Uh, take care and we'll see you soon.